Welcome to episode 106 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And uh, let me just start off by saying Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Everybody, because yeah, this comes out on New Year's Day. Uh, my New Year's resolution, I don't know what yours is, Cameron, but mine is to never watch Titans again. <laughs> ah, well, I feel like that's not going to be hard. <laughs> I've... I've come around on it. I was the defender of that show for so Welcome long. Welcome to the other side, Chris. For such a long time. And they just really fucked up the ending there. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, we're going we're gonna to talk about it. I have a lot to say about this. And we're going we're gonna to get to it. So I'm going to hold, I'm going to suppress these emotions for a little bit longer. Because we're, we're uh, two weeks yeah. Past. So I've been bottling these emotions for two weeks now. Oh, okay. I only just watched it a few and days I, and ago. And I'm ready to fucking pop. Oh, my God. I'm I'm amazed. Were you just trying to get it over with by, like, watching it so quickly after it aired? Yeah. Yeah, okay. pretty much. Because I was just like, I was home. I'm like, I'll get to this when I get back. Mm-hmm. And then it was, like, the first thing I watched when I got home. I'm like, why did I? Why? It's, oh, my God. It's so bad. But before we get to that. Uh, what's happened in the world of news? What's I feel like not nothing happened not, in the last uh, like two Christmas weeks. Christmas holidays. That's happened. true. Christmas happened yep. because Christmas happened. Like all of Hollywood shut down, mm-hmm. so nothing has really happened in that time frame. Yeah. Did you get any get anything anything good for Christmas? Uh, oh, I, was, I could not get that sentence out. <laughs> well, I got you a speech therapist. Thank you. For oh, Christmas. thank goodness. <laughs> I've been needing it for such a long time. Um, I did get one thing that I was pretty excited about. I got an external monitor for my new laptop. Nice. So I'm getting rid of my old desktop because for the longest time I've been working off two computers simultaneously. I'll have like editing going on my desktop and then my laptop open for whatever else. I'm like, this is dumb. I just want more screen space. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that was my Christmas present for my parents. So I got this, this sweet new desktop. So my, my old, or no, monitor, my old desktop, I just today wiped it and packed it up and out it goes somewhere into the world. I don't really know yet. Uh, but it's, Pretty fucking sweet. Good. That's awesome. Yeah. And I got some like awesome socks. Oh, I also got a lot of socks like, for Christmas. This is what it means to be an adult when you are excited to get socks. Oh, at Christmas. My, my adult present this year was my aunt and my aunt, my sister-in-law got me like fancy handmade soap. Oh, it that smells sm- really good. I bet it does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that, that was my like, <laughs> like, I was way too excited for that when I opened that present. It's the child in you just like kind of screams in those moments because as a kid you're like fucking socks or soap it's like the worst thing mm-hmm. like uh, we always had a, a Christmas tradition I think a lot of people do this where you'd open one present on Christmas Eve mm-hmm. and just for whatever reason year after year I would always open up something awesome like there was one year where I got it was a whole bunch of I think it was Johnny Lightning like Hot Wheels and it was all nice. the James Bond cars it was like I don't know like 15 different James Bond Hot Wheels essentially I opened that up, and my brother literally opened up soap. Or, like, another year, it was, for me, it was, like, some awesome Lego set, and for him, it was socks. Yeah. And then now, those are the exact presents I get most excited about. It's like, oh, these are the things I actually need. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I, I had Christmas. I it, it had been a while since I've had Christmas with little kids again. That's always fun, though. Uh, yeah, but it's... Uh, so, I was at my stepbrother's house out mm-hmm. in Denver, and all the bedrooms were upstairs, and so to stop the kids from going downstairs, my stepbrother and his wife literally made a tape wall <laughs> at the stairwell so the kids could not pass. <laughs> they're they're uh, seven and four. Okay. Um, but Was it like short enough that an adult could walk over it? Or like how did it actually stop them from going down? It, it was just a physical, you know, a physical thing for them to be like, don't go. Yeah. 
Like, okay. if, they, if they wanted to, they could have just walked through it. Yeah. But I think it just kind of the the restriction mm-hmm. was, was what they needed. Just the mental barrier. Mm-hmm. That's kind yeah. of adorable, though. <laughs> yeah. But I, I was two minutes late getting downstairs because I had I was finishing up some work thing because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a workaholic. Yes. Uh, and walking downstairs, the kids had already gone through all their presents. Oh, my God. Or all of Santa's presents. Yeah, okay. Uh, that makes sense. But Jesus. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that was so fast. <laughs> There's no time. Yeah. No time to wait around. Yeah. Waiting apparently. all year for that shit. Mm-hmm. Gotta get straight to it. Uh, what about you? What was your like fun, oh. exciting Christmas present? Well, I mean, the the iPad was my was my Christmas present that I got at Thanksgiving. Oh, that's right. The, yeah. The one I stole from my mom. Uh what's the other than that? What did I get? I got I got a lot of books. Any uh, good books? I got um Oh god, this this X Men book, it's in the suitcase behind you, but I don't want to go get it. Yeah, I'm not gonna get up. Um, it's it's like X Men Grand Connection or something like. That. It's basically a guy took on the challenge of compressing forty years of X Men history into two hundred pages. That is astonishing. Yes, because X Men has one of the most convoluted histories of any comic book property. Mm-hmm. Like, bafflingly so. It's like I feel like it could grand take Grand Design, X Men Grand Design. Grand yeah. Design, okay. Oh wait, I've heard about it because it's an mm-hmm. actual comic. Yes. Okay, I have heard about this. Yeah, yeah, by Ed Pisker. Uh, I haven't, I haven't uh, dove into it yet, but it's all in the style of the 1960s comics. Oh, interesting. And it, it looks. Aw- I'm excited to. Do- I'm excited to go into it, um, but I'm also just like, just already exhausted. <laughs> Yeah, I'm knowing how dense that's going to be. I might have to like swing by Barnes and Nobles and pick this up on the way home because I I read about this a while ago, but I haven't come around to it. Mm -hmm. Is there another one? X Men Grand Design Second Genesis. What's this? The sequel. Oh. Ooh. Oh. Oh, interesting. Okay, I'll have to go check these out because I love X Men, but man, those comics are really fucking confusing. Mm -hmm. Like even just trying to explain to someone who Cable is. <laughs> I'm actually really glad that Deadpool 2 basically just skirted around that because he has like one of the most fucking complicated backstories ever. Yeah. He's not actually Jean Grey's son. He's the son of Jean Grey's clone, Madeline Pryor. And he's got this legacy virus and he goes to the future and then he comes back from the future. Yes. It's he has telekinesis, but he uses it but he only uses it to stop the virus from spreading. Yeah, he can't actually use his powers, but then there are some versions where he does have his full powers, and he goes by Nate Gray, and he's mm-hmm. called X-Man, and oh my god. Yeah. But that sounds a really cool comic, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say that was my present. I was honestly more excited for my nephew's presents. What were those? Uh, well, he got he got his first Game Boy. His par- oh, his parents are that's right. very, very strict on screen time. Yeah. Uh, where he only gets like an hour... Uh, every weekend. Wow. Of, yeah. Like the opposite of me. Yeah. Uh, but because of that, it's become such an, like an addiction to them, which I think is, is created a whole different problem. Yes. Uh, or like once they start watching, like when you turn it off, they both just go into this, this fit of rage. Oh my God. Uh, both him and my, my niece who's four. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he got a game boy and I had the, the great honor of giving him his first Pokemon game and starting his adventure. Yeah. Uh, little did I know, I gave him the wrong game. What? Because I, I, you know, I wasn't gonna get him a new game because he had a 3DS, and I still have all of my Pokemon games with me. Yeah. So I gave him uh, Soul Silver, okay. which I found out after giving it to him 
is the like the collector's game now because they stopped selling it very quickly and it's now worth like 150 bucks. And I'm like, you know what? That's all right. Yeah. He he's can be ha- he'd be so happy. Yeah, he's going to hold on to it for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but his other toy, which was very terrifying, if anyone follows me on Instagram, I posted a lot about oh, it. Oh, God, uh, yeah. He got a ventriloquist doll, specifically Slappy from the Goosebumps series. I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm looking it up again. Uh, oh. Yeah. And what makes it even more terrifying is before he got the doll, we would do a lot of drawing time. Um, because I just wanted to finish an animation. Yeah. Uh, Holy shit, yeah. this thing is horrifying. But Look with at those eyes. Yeah, they glow in the dark. <laughs> yeah. What's more terrifying is during drawing time, he would just draw the doll over and over. Like this is fucking from a horror film. Like oh he would just draw God. Slappy over and over again. Why did he uh, want this? Because my, uh, because my other brother-in-law, uh, Craig, introduced him to the horror genre and now this seven-year-old is just infatuated by by horror villains. Who's his favorite villain? I'm guessing is it Slappy? Uh, yeah, Slappy's up there. He, okay. He's a big fan of. I don't. He hasn't seen any of the movies, but he knows the characters. Okay, I mean that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, like, Wait, but has he seen Goosebumps though? I mean that's a kids movie. Well, uh, he's he's read all the books. Oh, okay. Because his parents don't let him watch anything. Oh, that's right. Of course, mm-hmm. it would take him like three weeks to get through Goosebumps. Yeah. Uh, hey, but good on him for, be, like, being such an avid reader. Yeah. This I mean, is he's a better reader huge, than I am. Yeah, well, that's not hard to do, Cameron. It's true. But I'm a better watcher than he is. It's a fantastic <laughs> accomplishment you have there. Yes, I'm very proud of it. <laughs> but no, this uh, thing is fucking horrifying. I can watch horrifying. three screens at the same time. This thing is absolutely fucking horrifying. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, and so he would just carry it around the house with him. Oh, uh, God. And he would bring it every... <laughs> like, he would just bring it in the car. He never... It never left his side. Oh. And yeah, it's I I pray for those parents. Yeah, they're they're on a very they're they're walking a very tight rope of of normal child and and therapy child. <laughs> oh, that is going to come back to haunt them. Yes, quite literally. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Uh, but now but now real news. Yeah, real news. <laughs> I mean, again, there wasn't really much. Um, we got a few trailers though, both of which. I thought were a lot of fun. Hellboy mm-hmm. and Men in Black International. Much more excited for Men in Black International. Did you not like the Hellboy trailer? I thought it was okay, but one, I just couldn't get past the just horrible greasy hair. I yeah. put that shit in the man bun. <laughs> Damn it. Um, yeah, he doesn't look as good as mm-hmm. Ron Perlman did. Yeah, and I like I, I really like the actor. Yeah, I do too. David Harbour, he's fantastic. I, Hellboy is supposed to be this like child, like he he's kind of this guy that never grew up. Yeah, I think like, Ron Perlman really captured that. He did capture that sort of noxious. Yeah, yeah, like he he acts like a kid, which I think mm-hmm. is really important. I just don't know if that just doesn't really fit David Harbor. Yeah, David. Every I mean, I only know him from Stranger Things. Um. Yeah. I mean, he's in Stranger Things. He was in Quantum of Solace and kind of a, a small supporting role. Okay. Um. He's he's just popped up in like ton. He he's one of those guys that if you go back and watch stuff, you're like, oh my god, like David Harbour's in this? What? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. He he has this aura of just authority, <clears throat> which he does, is not yeah. what I want Hellboy to have. Yeah, I don't feel like he should have that. He should feel kind of childish. But I mean, I so I wasn't super sold on Hellboy the character, mm-hmm. but the rest of the movie around it was fun. I don't know. I like the use of the music in the trailer. It looks seems like kind of fun and funny. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm like, okay, at least it could be good. It yeah. could be entertaining. I'm also very upset that we got the the glory shot in the trailer already. Oh, yeah, him. him of the flaming crown. Yeah, him in yeah. full devil. Have yeah. you read Hellboy? I think I've read one okay. Hellboy, probably the, the first comic. One of the one of the trainers in my gym is a huge fan. He says okay. he, he reads the series uh, every year, mm-hmm. rereads the series every year. And he, I saw him the day after the trailer dropped, and we just looked at each other, and he just said, don't talk to me. <laughs> he was not happy with he was it. He's not happy about it? But he, he also wasn't happy with um, the Del Toro films. Really? Either. Oh, yeah. interesting. He's like, you, he basically said, like, you can't make this a movie. Oh, like, okay. Like, anyone that tries is not going to do it. I mean, has he said to be better, like, as a TV show? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we both said a limited series, because that's okay. what everything should be now. <laughs> I was about to say that, yeah, in general, like, the medium tends to work better when it's uh, on television, but we also know that's not true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Give us some of our later conversation. Uh, but I have to say, though, the Men in Black look really, really fun. I'm so excited. I really, because everyone is complaining about, the the people that have that I've heard complaining are just being like, it's too close to Ragnarok. I'm like, so? who cares? Ragnarok was great. Like, yeah. do not have the creative ability to separate one character from another, because that's very sad for you. I know. Like, what? No, it's it looks really, really fun. And, like, mm-hmm. if they have established chemistry, like, let them do it. Yeah. Like, did you see Beauty and the Beast and were wondering why Hermione didn't use magic? <laughs> like, was it, like, that... It, it, yes, honestly, that like, was the, my biggest me. problem with that movie. I was just like, why? Why are there no ones here? Mm-hmm. Did you see uh, Beauty and Voldemort? No, what? Someone, there's a a YouTube channel that I've been watching for over a decade. Okay. uh, I think they're Pistol Shrimps or something shrimps. Oh, you've mentioned. Um, They are fantastic editors uh, and compositors where uh, Beauty and Voldemort is they uh, basically rotoscoped in Voldemort into the trailer of Beauty and the Beast. Uh, and it's so good, and it's oh, so funny. Oh, my God, I'll have to go watch that. Mm-hmm. that that's, like, fucking fantastic. Um, yeah, no, I'm pretty excited for I'm Men in Black. Exci- I, I really hope that we find out Jeff Goldblum and Taika Waititi are both aliens. That would be... I would love for them to have cameos. Mm-hmm. Like, it's an amazing cast, because beyond Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson, you get Liam Neeson in there as, yep. like, the kind of older statesman. Uh, Kamel Nanjiani is an alien. I, and I fucking love that. Emma Thompson is back as Agent O, who now runs the MIB, which is like that's kind of a cool thing too. Is technically it is a sequel, or I guess it's it's a spinoff, but mm-hmm. I mean it's still set in that same world. So I'm sure we're gonna get a Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones cameo in there somewhere. Um, did you ever see MIB three? I did. It was pretty good actually. Yeah. No, like, I, I like all three of them. Yeah. I mean, t- the the biggest problem with two is it just got so obnoxious with the product placement. Like they turned all of MIB headquarters into like a shopping mall. Yep. It's like, this is just really schlocky and, and terrible. Um, but wait, I thought wait, they, year did that come out? I feel like MIB three came out in, or two, came out two in 2003, yeah. 2002, 2002. Okay. Kind yeah. Of, kind of the peak of, of early product placement. Yeah. And then three came okay, out. That is the Johnny Knoxville one. Yeah. Yeah. The Johnny Knoxville one. Yeah. Well then of course I like three as well because Jermaine Clement is the bad guy. Mm-hmm. I fucking love Jermaine Clement. Yeah. So, Oh my god! I mean, well, there you go. Like, fly the Concord's connection already. Yeah, I would love it if Taika Waititi even just like voices an alien. Uh, he has to, because he has, he has the alien voice already. He has just like one of the greatest voices mm-hmm. ever. I was actually just listening to a podcast interview with him, and he's just so fucking funny. 
Is Men in Black Warner Brothers? Um, no, it's Sony. Okay. Yeah, but MIB, the cartoon, was on Kids WB back in the day. Okay. Did you ever watch that? Uh, I did not. I, I think it was just before me. Okay. It was pretty, it was pretty solid, from what I recall. Mm-hmm. haven't gone back to it, though. I, do you miss the days of every movie getting a TV series? Yeah. Me too. But, like, I mean, that was our childhood, though. Like, everything got an animated Especially show. Especially Disney. Yeah, like, I remember it was after the live-action 101 Dalmatians they did a show, like, set on the farm they go off and retire to, and there's mm-hmm. like a chicken or something. I don't fucking know. Like, that got a show. Men in Black got a show. Ghostbusters got a show. Oh, that's right, yeah. But, I mean, that was, like, the 80s, though, when they did the first Ghostbusters cartoon. Yeah. Because there was that weird other show called Ghostbusters, and so they're like, well, fuck you guys. We're going to be the real Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, wasn't it, like, Ghostbusters Extreme? It was, like, a whole bunch of, like, Younger kids and like the main guy had a like a fucking soul patch. I don't remember. I feel like Egon maybe was like the only returning character. I'm gonna have to look this up. Did you ever watch the the worst of the spinoffs, uh, which I want to go back and revisit? Uh, Lunatics Unleashed. Yes. Yeah. Wait. That one. Wait, Lunatics. Wait. Which one was Lunatics Unleashed? That, that was like, uh, where all the Looney Tunes become superheroes. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I do remember that. Okay, wait. So here, on, real quick. This is... Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Yeah, see? Fucking soul patch. Mm-hmm. And then... Okay, wait. Lunatics Unleashed. Um, oh, man. It's... I want to look it up, too. Did you ever see the Mighty Ducks cartoon? Oh, yeah. Yeah, where they're, like, they're aliens from a duck planet, and they mm-hmm. show up, and... I think we've talked about this oh, before. I had those toys. I did, too. Who was, who was the badass guy with the, like, the eye patch sort of thing? How the dead... I don't the dead know any of their names. Thing. But he always had that kind of, like, lightsaber sort of thing. And mm-hmm. like the toy, like the lightsaber could actually like mount onto his shoulder or something like that. They were awesome. Yeah. Awesome toys. Oh my God. Lunatics Unleashed. But this was a little bit later though, right? This was, oh, 2005, 2007. My God. This was garbage. This was an absolute garbage show, which I loved so much. <laughs> Surprising nobody. Right. <laughs> um, I, I love up. the character. I, I want to go back to, yeah. I love the character design of all of these. Mighty Ducks cartoon. Oh my God. Yep. Man, these guys were so cool. Mm-hmm. Like the main guy has that sweet duck mask. Wasn't he like a bad? Like what is one of them a bad guy? Like they was I a, a mole. I honestly can't tell you a single thing about the show. I just had the toys. Yeah. Oh my god! Look at this! Look at this sweet duck cycle. Love it! I love it so much. What's some of the other ones? You know, that, this, this is gonna be a bonus episode coming up of our favorite Ooh. TV uh, TV shows based off movies. Oh my god! Yes, cartoons. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, cartoons based off movies. Um. Okay, this isn't quite news, but I did see something recently, and it was with an interview with Robert Zemeckis. Mm-hmm. And he was talking a little bit about the sequel script for Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It exists. Yes. And I guess he talked about it where... It was it's written in, years ago. Years ago, yeah, it's just in Disney's hands. Mm-hmm. Like, and he's like, they'll probably never make it. He's like, he's like, he said he's pretty proud of it. He thinks it's a good script. Um, but like other times he's talked about it, they mentioned what was what's the whole idea? It's like oh, it's follows Jessica and Roger as film transitions from film noir to the world of the nineteen fifties, mm-hmm. and it was gonna have the ghost of Eddie Valiant. Kind of hard to do that now. All right, yeah. be Bob Hoskins. Mm-hmm. Well, now it'd just be too real. Yeah, I mean, oh, so that's I guess that's the thing is so say they're gonna make that movie, say that Disney finally decides to green light it. How do you proceed? Do you dig out? I mean, I guess they would probably want Zemeckis to come back and direct it again. Mm-hmm. Or do you think they would hand it off to a young guy? Cause that's kind of the thing they love to do now is taking like a, 
an up-and-coming director and hand him a known property and just like pair him with producers who are really established? Um, he would at least be exec producer. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I, I would feel like it's his baby enough where he, it's kind of the Spielberg thing where he just yeah. wouldn't let anyone else direct it. That's true. And I, I mean, he has done consistently good work. Well, mm-hmm. not consistently good work, but he still does good work. Mm-hmm. See, I feel like they bring him back, but then do you use that script? Do you like use that script and then do like a CJ Bob Hoskins or do you do, do you recast? What if he becomes a cartoon? No, that's dumb. I mean, but yeah, but it wouldn't be his voice though. Right. I feel like you, I wonder if you have to just kind of like write around that character. Mm-hmm. Kind of the same way Mary Poppins just wrote around Bert because they really couldn't find a way to bring him back. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Cause I mean, there, there's a few scripts that have been floating around. Obviously the movie came out 30 years ago and there's been three books since then. That's true. Yeah. So there, there's definitely plenty of material that does and doesn't involve Eddie Valiant. Yeah. Um, cause like there's one story where they go to Broadway cause that's where, um, that's where Jessica wants to be. Yeah. That um, would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's one, yeah, dealing with uh, post-World War II and, and, yeah, 1950s Hollywood. Well, so I guess, I don't know if they ever answer this in the movie, but do, cartoons don't age. Right. right? They stay static. Yeah, I mean, they kind of address Betty Boop, that she's still in black and white. Mm-hmm. So she's kind of gotten phased out. But that actually would be kind of interesting. Like you could do some pretty big time jumps and still have those characters be around. Yeah. I mean, you could do something... <laughs> I'm just imagining the jump to the 19, late 1990s yeah. when cartoons are being shoved out for CG and you have you have the hot shots of Woody and Buzz walking down the red carpet Yeah, and like no one's even paying attention to, I mean, to Roger anymore. That actually would be kind of a cool story. That'd be like, awesome. I think I'd still rather see more period pieces done with those characters. Mm-hmm. I think it'd just be more fun. Hey, the 90s is a period piece now. Fuck, that's so true. <laughs> But yeah, that actually, that would be kind of cool. Like, yeah, set in the late 90s when, like, the CGI boom is happening and that idea of, like, what happens now to all these hand-drawn characters. It's mm-hmm. almost a little bit um, uh, Sound of Music-esque. Not Sound of Music. I always get that. And um, the Sound of Music is Julie Andrews. What's the other one? Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. No. Fiddler on the Roof. No, it's... Mary um, Poppins. It also starts with an S. It's with Gene Kelly and... Singing in the Rain. Sing, thank you. God damn it. <laughs> because I, what always throws me off is Singing in the Rain is about the introduction of sound in movies. Yes. And so my mind always goes to sound and thus the sound of music. Mm-hmm. And it's, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't have to try to explain myself on this. But I don't know. That could be interesting. Yeah. It's like what happens to the 2D characters after it's all about 3D animation. Mm-hmm. That can be kind of that can be done. It could be like a little bit bittersweet, and it would at least explain why Eddie's gone. Yeah, and honestly, after Mary Poppins, I would just love to see more <sighs> 2D animations again. Oh my god! Because that, that was the big problem before. Was last time they tried to reboot uh, Roger Rabbit was early 2000s, mm. and they tried to make him 3D. Nope. And it yeah it it wasn't it it just doesn't feel the same. No, he has to be. 2D. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I feel like, do you think we're going to see more uh, 2D animation again? Because no. I was going to like, 
I mean, because Spider-Verse is its own weird beast. Where Spider-Verse like, is a combination of both. Yeah, it's like somewhere in the middle. I watched it the third time. I still need to go see it a second time, actually. Mm-hmm. I watched I brought my. I brought my family to go see it when I was in Denver. And surprisingly, my stepdad loved it. Really? He, he never likes movies. Yeah. But he came back to the house and just like, didn't stop talking about it the whole the whole time. <laughs> I was really uh, hoping you were going to say he was just like running around the house going, flip, flip, flip. Yes. Uh, no, it was it was great that like he actually cared and I talked about the movie. Oh, that's adorable. Mm-hmm. Guess a little bonding moment. Yeah, yeah. That's that I honestly think he liked it more than my nephew did. Oh my god, that's amazing. Well, I think there's a lot of stuff in there for adults to appreciate. Mm-hmm. So I could see it, kids maybe getting not bored because it's pretty quick, mm-hmm. it's pretty fast paced. But mm, I don't know. Should we talk about Batman now? I guess. I guess let's talk about I mean, Batman on the the train of. Classic 2D animation. Yeah, here. let's talk about what we're supposed to talk about. Um, so we got Armory this Armory. week. This is an interesting episode. It's basically like Breaking Bad before there was Breaking Bad. Yes, because it's mostly done from the perspective of Jim, who's Jared's dad. So we we met them. Um, I think like the first Spellbinder episode. Okay, we back in season one. Oh yeah, wait, was it? Yes, because Spellbinder. Um, tricks the mom into thinking that she's getting attacked by all those like insects. Okay, and so that she like she starts tearing off all of the the jewelry on her wedding dress because she thinks they're bugs and throwing them off. Okay, I, I did not remember that. Yeah, thank you. Because I was like, me. oh, I remember these characters. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, because it's fun to see them come back because Jared's just living large with his stepdad's ridiculous <laughs> weapons contractor money. Yeah, until he gets fired, and then he's like, okay, well, I guess I have to go become a criminal now. Yeah, yeah, he, I honestly, when the when the episode started, I'm like, oh, God, is the villain the economy? <laughs> <laughs> this episode just got way too real. <laughs> I mean, it kind of is. Yeah. Like, he can't get a new job. Mm-hmm. Now, like, I mean, did you, did you buy into that whole premise? Did it work for you? Did you find Jim to be empathetic? Um, I... There's a lot I wanted to happen in this episode that didn't. Okay. Um, because because you did bring up Breaking Bad. I, I we we know the story so well now yeah. that that when it's done like this, it just feels very half-assed. That's interesting. Um, I I thought it was a fine episode, but mm-hmm. I I don't know. I wanted something more from this. Like what? What more? What did you think was kind of lacking? And I, or and I don't know. I I feel like there wasn't nearly enough, of, especially from the wife. Felt like she was very flat, and I, I, I yeah, she's barely. I, I kind of want to blame the voice actors on it because I feel I don't oh, know who it was. Yeah, I don't know. But it just, her, though, like her reactions and then the animation on her face just never felt like emotional. Okay. Um, like she wasn't, she didn't seem like shocked or upset enough when she figured out that her husband had become a villain, mm-hmm. become Armory. Yeah, and actually, a story I think would have been more interesting is have the dad be the red herring. And have the son be Armory. Oh, be, okay, yeah, th- okay. Here, here's the episode that, that I would want. have been really interesting. Yeah, here's the episode I want because we do get the perspective of the dad a lot, and there was one moment with the son which I really liked, and I that's kind of what I wanted to pinpoint on is the dad comes back after his first uh, crime, mm-hmm. and he's just kind of lashes out at his wife, lashes out at the son, and then you go to school and you see the son lash out against. Terry and Max. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of that transition of anger, oh. which I think would have been an awesome, sub, like subtle PSA mm-hmm. of like, you know, anger stems from the home versus the PSA that's in there, which is like, 
don't lose your job. <laughs> no, it was like, just don't make fun of the rich kids. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think if, if the son was the villain in this, where he, he hears a, con- you know, he hears a conversation with his dad and his mom mm-hmm. and they're talking about the money problems and like, you know, we're set for now, but I don't know what we're going to do after that. Cause what I didn't like is the, is the typical Batman problem where everyone automatically knows how to fight. Yeah. And they, and can keep up with Batman. It seemed weird. They didn't address that because they definitely have that line of dialogue to explain why he knows so much. It's like, Oh, I have degrees in electrical engineering and mechanical engineering. I've been a weapons designer forever. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like in the first Ant-Man when he like just drops randomly like, Oh yeah. Like I have a degree in electrical engineering to explain why he can use the suit the way he can. Yeah. Like they found a way to get that in there, but I was waiting for something else being like, Oh yeah. And like, you know, he was like, they, he, it kind of alludes to him being in the military at some point. It's like, this is, feels like a war. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they should have just stated it flat out. Like, he had military training at one yeah. point. Or rewrite it to where he's just very clumsy and he wins oh, okay. on accident. Yeah. And like, he, like his tech... Because, again, we said this at the beginning of Batman Beyond that the, the suit tech is, what, 10 years behind... Uh, Bruce, Bruce oh, says he built the, the suit bat 10 years suit. ago. Yeah, 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 he would have built the bat suit, like... What? No, it's it's more than that. Was it the, twenty years ago? I feel like there's a time jump of twenty years. Okay. Yeah. So the 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 suit is twenty years old, but I think when it was built, it still would have been really advanced. Yes. But this is the weapons expert. That's from, true. Yeah. From Wayne Powers, so he would so like he can be clumsy, but have tech that's so much better that he wins just by accident like he gets one yeah you know he gets beat up the whole time and gets one shot off and wins well what could have been interesting too is um i mean bruce isn't in this episode at all right which is kind of a shame but what have been interesting is if armory had used weapons that weren't necessarily designed specifically to take out the bat suit Mm -hmm. but they were capable of doing it because it came from the same engineering house yes right it's like you know that would have been really interesting if because one thing that always bothers me is how is that suit not designed to like absorb electricity mm-hmm. like, i feel like it should be it should have like a grounding system in it somehow or like so when to like redirect electrical energy because i feel like bruce would have designed it to be protected against all the things that would have been problematic for him before he had it so like it would have been bulletproof and knife resistant and electrical proof and i feel like mm-hmm. it would have built in oxygen tanks and all these other things if for whatever reason it doesn't well so that was in the episode i was kind of I had that idea mm-hmm. because when the car, so he shoots, he basically has a, a remote EMP. Yeah. He's got an EMP gun. gun. Um, and you see the cars crash and the helicopter crash, <clears throat> but then I, I think I missed something. I guess, I guess it's just when they turned back on, they sparked the gas. Yeah. That was why also, why are there still drums of gasoline in the future? Are, isn't everything all electric at that point? So here's what I thought it was. I thought the EMP, um, almost acted like bending uh, like bending a hose with water pressure. Oh, like it, it caused an electrical buildup? Yes, where yeah, oh, it, the okay. EMP stores the energy, and then when it turns back on, it explodes. Oh, okay. that's what I thought was happening to the cars. No, it was just built in Gotham, so yeah. they just blow up naturally. Yeah. But if it was like that, and then the suit got hit, oh, or the suit would yeah. start to like overheat, and Terry would have to figure out how to deal with that. Mm-hmm. That would have made it interesting because even the way that scene plays out, it's a little ambiguous what effect it has because it's clearly an EMP gun and it like slows Terry down and kind of immobilizes him, mm-hmm. but he can still move. Yeah. Like it's, it's a little ambiguous. I think it would have been really interesting to see, yeah, something like that of like, oh, this, the gun can do more than just 
short things out and then the suit now becomes in danger and he has to like figure out how to like maybe even have to like power down the suit or something like that mm-hmm. like that would have been cool if like he's like oh my god i have to shut the suit down and then take it to bruce and have him look at it so it doesn't just blow up on us yeah that would be a nice way to like eliminate him from the fight because i think that's something they always struggle with mm-hmm. um but i would have liked that or would have liked them to you know for him to acknowledge like, hey this thing is supposed to be protected against something like an emp why did it work mm-hmm. and for bruce like well because now they know who it is like well you know clearly he's worked at wayne tech like he knows how to circumvent some of the technology that's in there yeah i did like that all of his weapons though were like creatively non-violent mm-hmm. no i really appreciated that i thought well, that I was awesome not all of them like one of the smoke grenades is also just a grenade but like, he did that really cool grenade that he throws at the back that creates like, like that, a light wall yeah like the weird light wall or um even his the tron wall the tr- yeah it's basically just a tron wall and then the the gun that shoots that like hardening foam, mm-hmm. like that's a really good non lethal weapon. I liked that he had that element of mm-hmm. having this advanced weaponry, but he was clearly well. Didn't he? He said something about like creating light weapons. Oh, that's right. Like the division, he got fired from that division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I I kind of wish they had Terry had acknowledged that in some way, being like, well, I mean, he's you know a villain, like he's stealing, but all of his weapons are decidedly non-lethal or yeah. even if we saw a moment where he like put a cop's life in danger and then he like saved the cop somehow and then Terry's like well why like he's not a normal villain what's going on here because mm-hmm. as it is he kind of figured it out a little bit too quickly being like oh right my friend's dad who's a weapons designer just got fired from Wayne Powers and what? now break-ins are happening it must be him I think it would have been interesting if Bruce was the one that figured it out yeah if we had him in the episode and like Bruce knew this guy, like this this was, because this is basically the guy that, from what I understand, kind of replaced Lucius, Lucius. Yeah, Fox. I guess he would have been in some ways. Uh, yeah, so he would have, you know, if, or I if guess, they well, did. Well, but in in Betos, Lucius was just the business side of things. He wasn't also the engineer. Oh yeah, yes, that's true. But I mean, yeah, he he fulfills that role certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you would think Bruce would know him because he's in that division. Yeah. So then Bruce kind of sees how the fight's going down. He's like, oh, I know all those weapons. Those were made. You know, he's like, I commissioned those weapons. Yeah, those were going to be in the bat suit, mm-hmm. but I just, you know, they, you know, for some reason, didn't. Because that, I guess they've never really addressed that in Betos. That sort of duality of Bruce has this company that designs all these things that could be lethal, but he makes them non-lethal. I mean, they talk about that in um, the Dark Knight. And then the Dark Knight Rises specifically when Bane steals all of the tumblers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would have been kind of interesting for Terry to maybe kind of call him out a little bit. And it's like, hey, like, you're this sort of like semi, he's not really a pacifist per se, but I mean, he's against anything, anything lethal. Mm-hmm. It's like, how, how have you justified the existence of Wayne tech weaponry all these years? Or even after Powers left, if Bruce had then had to go through and kind of like redirect these projects. It's like, well, now that powers is gone, I'm cutting all these mm-hmm. weapons divisions. Yeah, so then it's then it's another villain created by Bruce. Yeah. But one who like that now Terry has to clean up. Yeah. But but also one who's not he doesn't really have evil intent necessarily. Right. He's still a little bit yeah, more he than had good intentions. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's just like, you know, it's it's sort of just like those things like it sucks, but like this is what happens when, you know, we restructure the weapons division is that now people had to lose their jobs and like that sucks but mm-hmm. it's kind of the reality of things and you know he come comes a victim of circumstance without really becoming a villain yeah i mean it's it's a nicer vulture story from spider-man oh right i was like 
Wait, what? Sorry, did a, did a, did a long jump there. It took me a second. Mm-hmm. Um, I, st- I still like the idea of, of the sun being armory, though. That would have been cool, yeah. Because mm-hmm. it would have been nice to have a little bit of mystery in there. And, and it would have been closer to Terry. Yeah. Where you see the sun kind of more standoffish or more angry. And they're blaming it on the dad. Mm-hmm. Of like, oh, you know, the dad's going through a lot, and so it's kind of passing to the kid. But then you find out, like, oh, no, he's just, he, he's trying to save his family. But have we had too many bad kids? Yeah, well, it's public school. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm thinking that this comes literally off the back of Last Resort, and the whole thing was about delinquent kids. Yeah. But I agree with you that it would have been cool for them to been some sort of twist reveal there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the sort of reveal that would have been emotionally grand enough to still have impact if you knew it was coming. If yeah. you'd seen the episode before. But no, I think that would have been kind of a cool way of doing it a little bit. Um, I did... I did think it was interesting that both armory and then like the, the kind of like the sleazy weapons. Um, what would you call that? The kind of middleman that he's mm-hmm. working with. They both have the most ineffective ways of trying to kill people because armory decides to use a rocket launcher to take out Batman. Mm-hmm. Why? Like, be precise. Be specific. Like, if you're going to kill him, use a fucking sniper rifle or something. Or like, No, that works too well. It's like, why shoot rockets? It doesn't make any sense. And then, of course, at the end, when they have that sonic cannon, it's like, Damn, oh. Damn, that fucking gun is terrifying. Well, it is, because it's like, it's you can see why it's such a big deal for him to have made this thing mm-hmm. and why he was hesitant to do it, because it is so damn powerful. Yeah. But also, I love the whole point is the, the weapons dealer... Basically, it's like, we got to kill Batman so that no one finds out what we've been up to. And so he decides to use... Let's use like, this cannon. A, a one-of-a-kind prototype weapon that has a fuckload of collateral damage. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of trying to no kill one a single person. How do you think you're going to get away with this? I mean, that being said, it's a cool weapon. And that sequence mm-hmm. is done pretty well. Yeah. But it's just like, come on. There are better ways of doing yeah, this. The, the sonic railgun. Yeah. It's pretty sweet, though. Mm-hmm. It does feel like properly future tech. Oh, yeah. Like, it's yeah. the sort of thing that you, you would have been a little bit too ridiculous, maybe, to have had in Beatons. I feel like there was probably something similar to that. Well, so when, when the episode started and we first meet the arms dealer, um, when he asked for, like, the sonic cannon, mm-hmm. I thought this was going to be a... Um, what's that villain? Count Vertigo? No, uh, son, he uses uh, sound. Mm. Shockwave? Soundwave? <gasps> shriek. Shriek. There yeah. I thought it was going oh, uh, right. to be a Shriek episode. Because yeah. also the the um, the dealer kind of has the same like weird facial hair. Oh, yeah. It's like that weird kind of like soul patch thing going mm-hmm. on. That could have been interesting. I do love Shriek. Me too. Wait, I think... Well, I'm, I'm happy they didn't shoehorn in another villain and did yeah. the same kind of spell spellbinder thing where he only appears in the last... Minute and a half of the oh, episode. Oh, right. Yeah. And I think the last time we saw Shriek, I think it's when the building came down on him. Mm-hmm. The but we tu- never saw the body. The tuning fork. Well, we never do. That's right. Yeah, there's no body. You don't, bum, bum, bum. You don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I can, see, I can see what you mean about it. It could have been a bit more. Mm-hmm. I overall <clears throat> mostly liked it. Like I, I thought the general structure of it worked well. But I agree with you. I think those changes would have made it a better episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, it it was very unnerving to hear an adult say "shway." Yeah, because I had that the, same thought. The arms like, dealer is like that's very unshway. 
And I'm like, mm, you, that's uncomfortable. You kind of needed someone else to go like, really? Yeah. Really? Trying to talk like the kids do? Don't even. Yeah. Let it go. You're not that cool. Stop trying to be cool. Uh, I don't know. Any other thoughts on it? Or should we? Uh, I think that, that's about it. Okay. Should we? Oh, okay. All right. Let's get into Titans. Uh, so I know I said this at the top of the episode, but I, I was Welcome defe- to the right <laughs> side. I've been defending the show. Like, it's like, hey, there's some fun things here and there. I like some of the characters. It's all right. They really, really screwed the pooch at the end there. Yep. The last two episodes. I was like, because I think we'd agree that the most, the best characters so far also helps that pretty much the best actors have been Starfire and Donna Troy up to this point. Yes. Let's Wait, just, oh, oh, and Dawn. And Dawn, yeah, yeah. okay, so that's, that's true. Dawn, yeah, Hawk and, yeah, Hank and Dawn, those are like the four best. Mm-hmm. And the side characters. They're all either excluded entirely or really pushed to sign lines just to focus on the complete charisma vacuum that is uh, Brenton Thwaites. Yes. The, oh. I have I have two things that I think will help the episode help the series. Okay. If they rewrite the series, but I'll save those for a bit. Let's talk about this episode first. Because so yeah, the so episode ten ends with Dick running into the house to try and save Rachel, and mm-hmm. Trigon's there with the the wife who was for whatever reason bad the entire time. Yes, the mom. Yes, oh, that's right, the mom. So. We obviously know the whole thing is going to be a dream sequence. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what part of the reason this doesn't work. It's like you look at Over the Edge, where the way it opens, it seems extreme enough that something has gone on, but starting in media res in this crazy situation that no one is anticipating draws you right in. And then, you know, it still has the emotional payoff. At I mean, the end. yeah, the, the bizarre situation we start with is the sun is out. Yeah, that's true. It's oh, it's California. <laughs> it's daytime. It's, it's we got some Beach Boys playing. It's California. Dick's lounging in the pool. He's got a kid. He's married to Dawn. Mm-hmm. They got another baby on the way. Everything's all hunky dory until Jason Todd shows up in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. He's good though. I like him. Yeah, because he's a side character. That's true. That's the whole point of the show. It's all the side characters mm-hmm. are good. Yeah. So uh, Dawn and Dick are preparing for. Their first kid? Second kid. Second kid. Uh, I, I watched the episode two weeks ago, so I'm a little hazy on all the details. Yeah. Um, they, they're they anticipating the second kid. Jason Todd rolls up uh, and in a wheelchair says, Batman's across the line. He's going to start killing people. You got to come save us. He says uh, a, a very interesting line, which is indicative of the dream sequence of you are the true Robin. Even Superman says so. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Which... Is, is so contradictory of what he was saying the last time we saw him. That's a good point. I uh, was just thinking at that point, how many other characters can we just reference in like a minute span just to try and be like, hey, look how cool this world is. There's like mm-hmm. Jim Gordon and Barbara and Superman, all these probably better characters that we don't even see at all. It was honestly like, it, it's been frustrating before how they've been handling Bruce. This episode just made me so angry. It's really, really like, dumb. It's it's them not even just dangling it in front of our faces anymore. No, and it's just like it's them just it's it's them saying they're gonna throw the ball and then hiding it behind their back. Yes, that's exactly what they've been doing, and it keeps getting 
clunkier and clunkier. Like there yeah. were a lot of times when you feel like this scene needed Dick to actually be interacting with Bruce for that to pay off. Mm-hmm. And I love their solution to that this time is talking to the clock. He goes away in manner and then the clock doesn't work, which at first I thought, was like, oh, that's kind of a cool indication of like everything being off. Mm-hmm. But it's like, oh no, Bruce just overrid it. And so Dick just talks to the clock. Yeah. And it's so dumb. Like it's, you can't, Hang. They basically decided that like the the central conflict of this whole series was going to be Bruce versus Dick, mm-hmm. but without without showing. having the other character there. Yeah, it's like you you can't have an absentee villain, which is essentially what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And like, I did, it just I didn't really buy the whole like oh he's just like gone full tilt now, and he's killing people. Yeah, like. Or if they're going to do that, I wish they hadn't put it in the teaser. But I guess they had to. But it's like, oh, I don't know. Do you think that image of like the Joker, like, of course, we're not seeing his face because they go out of their way to show no one's face. Mm-hmm. But like the Joker smashed into the car would have been a bigger reveal. Had we not already seen that? Yeah. Oh, better? absolutely. Uh, if they would have just mentioned like Bruce's, you know, Bruce is about to cross the line. Yeah. And then we, th- we think Dick saves him. Because Dick has that, you know, fairly moving speech, uh, and then leaves. He's like, "Okay, I did my part." Yeah. And then, and then we hear the news of the Joker. Yeah. And that—that's kind of like the oh shit. Well, yeah, because even the order is so weird. Because like mm-hmm. he shows up, he decides he's gonna leave, and then part of the oh right, yeah, because I <laughs> I forgot because the Joker not dying happens first. Yeah. Okay. Then it's the speech. Then Batman goes out of his way to kill to kill to everybody. Kill yeah, and, and Dick's like, it's like he was spiting me. I'm like, no, I don't think he cares. No, yeah, he clearly does not care about you. And it's just, it's so confusing. You play no and, part in this. Well, and it's so dumb. He wasn't even on the other side of the clock. <laughs> you literally talked to nothing for three minutes. Yeah, he was in the toilet. Yeah, he was already at Arkham killing all these people while you were giving this moving speech. But it's it's like even the whole idea of the dream sequence is so bizarre because Trigun is actively manipulating events so that they go the way they want it mm-hmm. to, which if he created this whole world in the first place, wouldn't that be, why does he have to intervene is one thing I don't understand. Like, I guess he's, tr- he's, I guess that's way, their way of showing that he's like leading Dick down the path of darkness. Mm-hmm. I, it just didn't make any fucking sense. And also if they're going to do that, if they're going to have Batman go full on killer rampage, show it. Yes. Because they're deciding to do something that no other version has ever done but making him a full-on killer. And the only thing that's interesting about that would actually be to see him go on a fucking rampage through Arkham and take everybody out. And if you're going to have a show that's so goddamn, like, over-the-top violent, lean into it. But Give again, us our goddamn hallway fight. Yeah, like, yes, exactly. Like, I don't care if you do a deliberate rip-off of Daredevil. Like, do it. Have Batman work his way down a corridor of Arkham just taking out people left and right. That would have been at least really interesting, but it again just goes to show how lazy and cheap they are. Because mm-hmm. like they save all their budget, I guess, for that like five minute attack on Wayne Manor at the end, which is just so. The whole thing is just so underwhelming. Mm-hmm. And the entire time I'm thinking like, oh yeah, that's the X Mansion, because it's the same mansion that's used for every movie or TV show that's shot in Vancouver. Yeah, it's been like the X Mansion. I'm pretty sure it was the Luther Mansion in Smallville. Um, pretty sure it was also Oliver Queen's mansion in Arrow. So, yeah. <laughs> like, it definitely was. I think there was at least a couple episodes of Psych that they filmed there. And and kind of playing on the flip of that, you, you brought it up of Trigun is manipulating him. 
Yeah. And we see Raven also in that dream sequence. Raven should be able to like try and fight that mm-hmm. subconsciously. Yeah. Like she just starts like it, it doesn't have to be her being like, hey Dick, this is a dream. Come be good again. But just like having giving her lines of like of like, hey, we're coming next week. You're gonna you're still gonna be at home, right? Like you're not yeah. you're not going anywhere. Stay here. Yeah, you're staying, right? Uh, just, just something where you see, because like you said, it doesn't make sense for him to be there if Raven can't also be there. Yeah. Well, it, 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 it mm. part of the problem is the whole thing is hanging on this vague idea of darkness. It's like, don't, don't give into your darkness. What the fuck does that even mean? Yeah. Dick has been, yeah, that was the other thing. Dick gave into his darkness since episode. Nothing about him has ever not been in the darkness. Yeah, he, he like he never, he's been murdering people since the first scene. Yeah, he's never really been trying to not be full on violent. Every time we think that's where they're going, he just does it again. Mm-hmm. And I guess there, it's an abstract concept that then they're personifying with an absentee character. It's like if Batman is supposed to be the representative of his darkness, and it's such an abstract idea then he has to be a very significant physical presence mm-hmm. but this whole show shouldn't have been about that in the first place like if they were going to do trigon have it be about trigon yeah and maybe have him having been influencing this entire time yes so that this is my first part of, of how to correct this this should have been the fucking institution episode uh yeah uh, the institution episode meant nothing compared to this yeah, you're right. Like if, if he's if, gonna have a trip out dream sequence. Yes. Yeah, have it be him going up against Batman, not just going up against like no one. Child Robin. <laughs> yes. Wow. Why the fuck did we get two dream sequences that were the exact same thing? Yeah. Uh, where he loses both of them, by the way. Yeah, like there's there's never any arc. There's never growth. There's never achievement. Yeah. It's just the same shit keeps happening over and over again. Mm-hmm. My God, they're using this... the sitcom formula for a drama. Yeah, and it's so drawn out. Like, yes. I'm trying to go through my notes here. One of my notes is literally just so period dumb. Period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even know what's in reference to. The whole <laughs> thing is so dumb. So here's here's what I wanted. Here's oh. here's how I think they could have done this right. It was one little switch. Is you you take Batman, you take Robin from from a minor key to a major key, mm-hmm. and just not have him be depressing. <laughs> Yeah. So, so here's what you could have done with this episode. You could have kept this episode the exact same if you just changed him outside of it, where the whole time in the season, he's acting like everything is okay. You see mm-hmm. him bottling things up the whole time, but like, uh, you know, he's smiling the whole time. He's like, oh yeah, everything's going to be great. Uh, he has the Nightwing persona where he's just a good guy. Yeah. Uh, and you know, he's he's smooth, he's charismatic, but then when he puts the suit on, it's like a fucking switch. Yeah. And then he becomes a murderer. And people are like, Dick, something's wrong with you. And he's like, no, everything's good. Everything's fine. And then when we get to this episode and you see that his perception of the world is just all black. There is yeah. no good yeah. anywhere. That'd be really interesting. And then you see like, oh, shit, he's been, he's been dealing with so much stuff yeah. that he's been bottling up for so long that he just can't fight it anymore. That would be really interesting if, like, everyone else had to go inside his mind or whatever. Because Raven can kind of more or less do that. Mm-hmm. Like, if maybe he's the one who's incapacitated. And even if you have a bit of Trigon there, but like, oh, the only way to, like, save your friend is we have to go in and, like, try and, like, draw him out of whatever, like, mental state he's in. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you're right. They get in there and it's, like, you know, the fucking Hill Valley of Back to the Future, too. It's just pure darkness everywhere. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I think that would have been a, a much better way to handle this episode or handle this character. Yeah. If they did just erase the institution episode and made this that one, mm-hmm. and then you get to see all of their darkest stories. Yeah. Where you see why Beast Boy doesn't want to... I mean, obviously, you don't want to murder because murder's wrong, but... Apparently, I don't know yeah. if they know that lesson. <laughs> I don't think they do. No. <laughs> uh, but you see, you know, it cuts from Dick's nightmare scenario to, to uh, Beast Boy's nightmare scenario, where, yeah. you know he murders one person and then he just like likes the taste of blood. Yeah. And now he just can't stop killing people. Yeah. Um, and then you can jump to, to, uh, Hawk and Dove's nightmare scenario. Uh, and then to Donna's nightmare scenario. I don't know what they would be, but you have, you're bringing in all the characters now. And then again, only focusing on the worst one. I know. Like it, it should have been a team. They like, go out of their way to bring Donna in, and then right before she comes in, they're like, no, sorry, there's a physical wall. Yeah, and we're going to make it wait until next season <laughs> to do anything interesting with her. But you're right. like, It would have been much more interesting to see Dick holding back mm-hmm. this entire time. Um, and then you know, like someone like Starfire, who is more kind of comfortable with her aggression, would have been an interesting counterpoint to it, as would... It's like, it'd be interesting if Dick is holding back from being like too intense from like really embracing his darkness, what the fuck that means. Mm-hmm. And then you have someone like Starfire who's comfortable with it all the time. You have someone like Raven who's also not comfortable with it, but is really, really dangerous. Yeah. And then you like, you have all these different like counterpoints or reflections of him. And then at the end, they all had to go in and like save him. And, um, have you ever seen either two older movies, both starting the rock. One was walking tall and one was the rundown. No. It's been a while since I've seen either one of them, but I think there's a, a kind of a, a plot point in both of them. Like, I know in the rundown, his character doesn't like guns. He's like, I don't like guns. I don't like guns. And then at the end, you, like, you finally see him get guns. And like, oh, because he's like too good with them. Mm-hmm. Like, he is. Uh, a, if I, um, what's the movie that just came out this year? Uh, El Royale. Oh. You saw that, right? Yeah, Bad Times at El Royale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where it's the. Oh, um, um, with the, the bellhop. Yeah. Yeah, something, something like that, where it's like if they had, if Dick would hold back this whole time, and then it's like, oh, in this world, he's unleashed and he's actually that good. And instead of what if instead of Batman being the villain, it's Dick is the villain. Mm-hmm. Like instead, it's like he finally snapped and maybe killed Batman. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, he's the like you make your hero the villain of the thing, and then that actually creates a real genuine conflict rather than this abstract entity floating through the thing. Like, mm-hmm. God. Oh. And then. Oh, should we, should we talk about the, the sting at the end, the post-credits? <laughs> the, the, be, the best boy in all of DC? <sighs> DC's best boy. What so, a good boy he is. He's Crypto the Superboy. So I had seen a picture of Crypto, because it took me about a week and a half to watch that episode. I'd seen a picture. I'm like, okay, I guess they're going to do Crypto at the end there. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts when they did the post-credits I sting? I didn't care. Because <laughs> they, like, they basically just ripped off Cadmus. Well, it like, was Cadmus. Yeah, it was so they ripped off Young Justice mm-hmm. and had Superboy coming from Cadmus. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, this version of Superboy is also a killer. Yeah, of course. And I'm assuming their version of Crypto is probably also going to be like a savage killer. I can't wait. As well. Maybe he'll finally teach Beast Boy to turn into something else. Oh, there you go. Right? Jeez, I just, it's, like, I didn't care. Yeah. I didn't care that there was like clearly some very, very hunky man walking around naked because I was just so done with that fucking show. It's like I don't I don't care that's where you're going with season two because you have completely botched your potential for season one. Mm-hmm. Like I know I'm not coming back to this. It's terrible. It's so terrible. I mean, like, do you have any interest in picking up season two? 
Just because I want to see what the fuck they're gonna do with crypto and how yeah. he's gonna like play a part in it. But it's just like they I mean, yeah, I'm kinda curious too, but they just I know they're just gonna squander whatever potential they have, because they always do. Yeah. I mean, I I might I might just watch like if Hawk and Dove come back, I might just watch their episodes. Yeah. Because um, they are really good. Yeah, I love I love those characters. Um we have we have a system of like every other episode right now is uh, like a side story. Yeah. So I might just watch every other episode. <laughs> just avoid the main storyline <laughs> involving Robin. Yeah. I just it, it he's not interesting. Like it's not it, he's just not a good character, and the actor just doesn't fit the role very well. And those are the wrong things to hang the rest of the show on. Yeah. If if they're smart, which they're not. Not. Um, they'll do what Teen Titans did. Where every season focuses on a single character. Yeah. I mean, they're all they're all there, but every season has a focus. Yeah. Where after this, the focus is off Dick. Mm-hmm. Like we'll get one more episode where we will resolve his shit, mm-hmm. and then we'll focus on someone else after that. It'll be, uh, hopefully, Beast Boy centered because he's yeah. the one that has nothing right now. Well, but yeah, because that's like part of the problem is what has what has happened for any of the rest of the characters in this show nothing like we so starfire now knows she's an alien that she's a tamaranian and she got her memories back for a hot second and then they went away and so she just started being chill i guess kind of again yeah but basically nothing happened for her um yeah beast boy killed somebody but he still can't transform into anything other than a tiger and slowly very very slowly and grotesquely and then raven I don't even know what's going on with her. Like she kind of learned how to use her powers, but then also didn't. Mm-hmm. And it's just nothing happened, but then also nothing happened for Dick. They just spent a lot more time on him. Yeah. Yeah. The only other thing they did was like semi fridge dove, like Dawn, like one of the only interesting characters in the goddamn thing. Mm-hmm. I just, Oh God, I just can't. I know it's terrible, but it's... the good thing is we're done with it. We are, and in a week, Young Justice comes back. Oh my god, I know. I gotta, I gotta rewatch all of that lickety fucking split. I, I watched episode one last night, and so I think that's how I'm gonna spend my New Year's. Just watching more Young Justice. Just watching Young Justice. Yeah, yeah, I need to, I need to get back onto it and rewatch all that because it's, it's two seasons, right? Mm-hmm. So what's it, twenty six episodes? Uh, yeah, something like that. Okay, yeah, I can probably get that fairly quickly because we're def- all good. That's the thing is they are really good. Yeah, because we, we need to talk about that. Oh, I'm not ready for the finale again. Oh, it's, but at least this time, already I know. But at least this time, you know, there's more coming, and it'll get addressed. Hopefully, where is Wally? Oh, Wally! Oh, I know. Um, okay, should we move on from this turd? Let's do it. Okay. Uh, I got a, a few small notes from friends here. Um, it was what I, I don't know. We're always complaining about going to the movies and dealing with the like overly invested, obnoxious Marvel fans. And uh, Maddie Washburn wrote to us on Twitter to tell us that he is one of those people. He's the kind of person we wouldn't want to go see a movie with. <laughs> so never watching a movie with you, Maddie. <laughs> Sorry. Right. You stay on your coast, Maddie. Um, and then, uh, but also like he and the everyone at Watchtower Database, they put out a, a tweet basically um, saying like, oh, here's uh, like all the people who made our 2018 and they included us, which was very sweet. Oh, so I know love those guys. Um, and then also just thank you for all the love we got for uh, Sergeant Soylent. <laughs> that is a great character design. It Thank looks you. so, so good. And it's so funny. Thank should, you. You should be very proud of yourself for that one. I, I, I like him a lot. I'm excited to, to jumpstart the next one. Yeah. 
Uh, and then I, I had a lovely Twitter conversation uh, with Bryce Lee Wynn, who uh, basically just found us and has been catching up on the show because um, he wanted to know if uh, bat plug was a play on the word butt plug. Oh, it is. 100%. It is. Yes. <laughs> it, yeah. Absolutely. I, is. I already told him, yes, we are children. Um, but uh, yeah, no, he was talking about how he just got the BTOS Blu-ray. Oh, and then nice. he found us, and he's been listening to it as he's been going along. So I'm glad he's been able to watch a really good show and then have to listen to us talk about it for like twice as long and nowhere near as good. Exactly. So, but Bryce, thanks for listening. I hope you're still enjoying it. I mean, this is way down the line for you, I guess. But mm-hmm. uh, hopefully you're still listening. So. Yeah, well, we'll hear from you in three months, six Exactly, months. When, you, when you get caught up with it. Um, but yeah, those are the our little notes from friends here. Uh, what do you have in terms of plugs? Oh man, I saw a lot of movies over the break, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna focus on on just one for now because I want to talk about it a lot. I know you haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I haven't finished it yet. Uh, but I started Bandersnatch on Netflix, the newest um, Black Mirror episode. And so this, I actually don't know much about this, but this is like the Choose Your Own Adventure one, right? Yes. Okay. And I've been talking about Choose Your Own Adventure movies for years. Yeah. Trying to figure out how to do it. Did they find a way that works? They did, they did the cheap way. They did the way that I'd been telling people to do for a long... Like, when I was at my old job, I constantly pushed for this to happen. Yeah. Um, which is basically... Um, so you have, your, you have the episode starting, you have your decisions uh, at the bottom, you have 10 seconds to pick uh, a choice. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, that choice basically... Um, I know they're doing it this way because they hide the timeline mm-hmm. when, you, when you're watching the episode. And it's basically a four-hour episode, and each click is jumping to a new chapter. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they're doing the, you know, the same way you do it in a book. Yeah. Uh, but you're just going to a different spot in the timeline. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So how long does it net out to be then? It says it's an hour and a half. Okay. Um, but it honestly just depends on like how many choices do you make? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a really cool concept. It's something that, funny enough, YouTube figured out years before. Oh, that's right. They did something like this. Uh, there was a video I watched maybe five or six years ago now mm-hmm. that was a much nerdier version of this. Okay. But it was basically you dictating a fight scene. Okay. Uh, it's a really cool concept. It was done in Smash Brothers. That's why it's, it's the nerdier version. Yeah. But it's a cool concept where the two characters are, are running at each other. One jumps, and then you have four options. Mm-hmm. And you click the option, and it jumps to that point in the timeline where you do that movement, and then the other person reacts to that movement. Okay. And then you kind of continue, and it's, it's like a three-minute fight scene yeah. where you're choosing all of your moves. Mm. And in the end, if you choose the right combination, you, you win or you lose. Okay. Um. Sounds kind of cool. Yeah, it's a cool concept, um, and it's something I really, really want pushed for further. Because like when when VR kind of emerged a couple of years ago, mainstream VR emerged a couple of years ago, everyone was talking about how that's going to be the future of film, mm-hmm. and I said no, that's it's it's not meant for film uh, because we we don't have that interactive capability yet oh i see but now but now yeah i i want it to be more seamless i think that's the next step mm-hmm. is it's, it's kind of clunky where you have 10 seconds of kind of nothing happening on screen and you clicking a button yeah and uh, if i guess if you don't click a button it just keeps proceeding forward uh 
I haven't but, I haven't tested that. I think it might just end. Oh, okay. I think it might just restart the segment. Oh, okay. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, the, the film wants you to get to the end. So, like, yeah. if you make a mistake in the movie, it will kind of... They do a really cool kind of flashback, and then it speeds through the decisions you made until you made the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of prompts you again. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, at least at least as far as I've made it, that's what I... I'm sure there's... Once you get closer to the end of the film, I'm like 30 minutes in. Mm-hmm. I'm sure once you get closer to the end, if you choose wrong, it will just end the film for you. Yeah. They'll just have the wrong ending, um, which I'm excited for. I, I, I'm really excited for them to do that. Uh, but but yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to see how people use this as a, you know, as a blueprint for the future of interactive film. Yeah. Huh. Uh, yeah. I mean, is it worth watching? Um, I th- I think so. I think it's a very unique story. Yeah. Because it, it's kind of, there's the point that I'm at, they just had this awesome speech about, you know, I'm, I'm a sucker for multidimensionality <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. They, they, they had a, a big point in that talking about, like, uh, we're basically Pac-Man Pac-Man doesn't care if he dies, so why should we? It's just mm-hmm. another part of the story. Pac-Man's going to come back in some other story, in some other timeline, just like we are. Um, huh. Yeah. It, it's I, I butchered that horribly. But it's a, a yeah. really cool thought of, of you know, the every, as they say in, in uh, Crisis of Two Earths, every decision we make creates two parallel, uni- two parallel universes, one we made the decision, one we didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, creating an uh, infinite number of decisions, creating an infinite number of worlds, creating an infinite number of us, I think is how it goes in the movie. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a long time. I so, love it. Yeah. I love that segment. Um, but yeah, it, it's kind of playing that, playing up that part. Okay. Um, and then when you do make the wrong decision, kind of the characters know more now, and it kind of plays into the story. Hmm. Um, it's cool. It's really unique. I'm having fun with it. So I'm kind All of right. taking my time through it. Yeah. Maybe I'll go check it out. I've heard mm-hmm. or read that it doesn't work on all platforms. Okay. Like, I think I read that it doesn't work on Apple TV, I want to say. Oh, yeah. I'm watching it on my computer. Yeah. I don't know if it does work. Um, oh, I don't know. Maybe it does. Oh, yeah. Hang on. Black Mirror, Bandersnatch won't work on Apple TV. Yeah, because I guess the, it just probably doesn't have the interface to do the, the interactive yeah. thing. Yeah, because, yeah, the built-in interface is not meant to interact with the screen. Yeah, it's, uh, it's available on Chromecast and Fire Stick, too. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, because that's a hardware issue, not a um, not an episode issue. I guess instead of being able to watch it, you'll just get a, uh, a two minute supercut of black mirror, black mirror character saying, sorry. <laughs> That's amazing. It's pretty fantastic actually. Mm-hmm. Okay. I should check that out at some point. Yeah. There was a, there was a project I got to work on very briefly at my old job where it was, it was a, a French studio trying to figure out how to do interactive VR film. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. And one of the things they did which I think would really help. Um, you just kind of have to figure out how to do it outside of VR. Was um, there was there was a cursor that kind of connected with your eye line. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of always present, but just soft in the background. Okay. And where you would look 
if you looked at a spot for long enough, that dictated where your character would go. Like that dictated where the movie would go. Oh, okay. And so it was it was very hand fisted, mm-hmm. where like you're uh, you're basically signing up to be a, a secret agent, but you have to take this test. And so he opens the sheet of paper, and you kind of have to like choose the answers for him. Uh, like that that was a little uh, yeah, a little too heavy handed. But there's there's some moments where like you know the person is is walking one way, but then there's a new hallway that you haven't seen yet. Okay. And you can either follow the person or see what's happening over here. That's kind of cool, though. Yeah. So do you think, like, with Bandersnatch, kind of same thing we once had with VR and AR, where it's like, the execution isn't quite there yet, but the potential is. Mm-hmm. And, like, down the line, you can see these things coming together in a way that could be really cool. Yeah. I, I'm going to say it's not going to revolutionize the industry. It's just yeah. going to add a new genre for us. Okay. I wonder if anyone else is going to really try and tackle that. I mean, someone will, because mm-hmm. everyone has to intimidate, you know, Im- not intimidate. Mm-hmm. Netflix is the intimidating one. Imitate everything. Mm-hmm. So I wonder who's going to try and do this next. We had that one movie. Uh, it's not Dirty Harry. It's like Angry Harry or something. It's the first person perspective movie. Oh, um, yeah. The one with uh, Charlotte Copley. Um, oh, fuck. What's the name of it? Badass something. Uh, Hardcore Henry. Hard. That's okay, that's it, it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I heard is not horrible. No, I've heard you know decent things about it. Mm-hmm. It's it's different, but it's you know pretty solid. Yeah. I think that kind of spawned from the VR movement. Oh, totally. It's kind of it was kind of the offshoot of it. So I'm excited to see like because like I would love five ten years down the line where we get like a Dungeons and Dragons movie where okay. you are the protagonist. Like is it, so is it a movie or is it like a VR movie sort of thing? Um, it, it can be, I think either or. Okay. Mm-hmm. But just that sort of immersive, visually immersive thing that also gives you choice. Yes. Cause I, my, my mentality was always like, how do you put this in theaters? Yeah. That's, um, I think that's part of the challenge, yes. but the reality is, is that like, it's I mean, not, it's, Netflix, it's, a, it's meant for, yeah, yeah. A, a personal experience. If you have, because my, my idea was always like, oh, you give people controllers and then majority wins in the theater. Yeah. But I think as I've kind of thought of that and experienced the worst of theater humanity, uh, I would never want to be in a theater <laughs> where someone else could potentially ruin my choice. Everyone's watching uh, Infinity War, but everyone lives at the end. Everyone votes to save everybody. No, because then you have the assholes in the back. Yeah, that'd be us voting for the snap. Yeah. <laughs> Kill them all. Including the theater goers. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll check that out. Yeah. I mean, let me finish it, and then I'll, I will let okay. you know how it, you know, if, if it's worth the ending. Okay. Uh, but yeah, what, what have you been watching, listening, reading? Um, a whole bunch of stuff. I think I'll only do a couple of them. So I did listen to a podcast, a series of podcasts, when I was driving home, driving to NorCal, uh, last week, and it's called 36 Questions. Okay. And it came out actually a while ago, and I've basically just been waiting to have like a extended period of time to listen to it. So cumulatively, it's three episodes totaling just under three hours. But it's based off of, I think, this real thing called the 36 Questions, which is a kind of an interactive survey you do with one other person. And I think like the, at least the thesis of the, the podcast, and I think it's also the thesis of the original article or the original idea, was like, can you fall in love with someone 
over the course of asking these 36 questions. So the podcast oh, is... Oh, yes, I've seen YouTube videos about that. Yeah, and so the, the podcast is basically about a couple that did that and then got married. They've been together three years, and then when the podcast starts, we learn that the wife lied when they took when they did those questions originally. And so she used like a fake name and she's built up this whole fake persona and she finally confesses to her husband and then he decides he's going to leave her. So she goes after him and then she makes him redo the 36 questions. Um, but it's also a musical. Huh? Yeah. And it's not ready for that. What? So I, I know, right? For that. That's part of the reason I listen to it. It's like, it's good road trip stuff because it's, you know, it's, it still has a narrative, but it's, you know, it's a musical. And um, I can't remember the, the actress. I didn't recognize her name, but Jonathan Groff, who was Kristoff in Frozen, Frozen. And he's been in a whole bunch of other stuff too. He was King George in the Broadway Hamilton, the original cast of Hamilton. Um, but like the music's pretty good. The story's pretty good. It's very sweet. And um, no, I actually was like quite impressed with it. I just listened to it basically one straight go mm-hmm. as I was just driving along the endless stretch of nothingness that is Highway 5 in the middle of California. Oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, but it's um, it's pretty solid. I'd definitely say go and check it out. Yeah, each episode's you know, between 45 minutes and an hour and it's just three and then it's done and it's succinct and it's quite good. Nice. Um, so I, I listened to that and then uh, I watched actually this morning because I was very curious about it, the Arrowverse crossover. Oh, yeah, the what, Elseworlds. Worlds. Yeah. How was it? It was pretty good, actually. I mean, I think from what I remember about those shows when I watched them, I'd say it's about on par with the quality of them, which is like, I think those shows have gotten a little bit more ambitious. Like, there are definitely some times when I was impressed by the CGI, some times when I was not. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, they they throw a lot in there, because, like, the the whole thing opens with, Barry and Oliver having basically swapped lives. So they're the only ones who realize it. So everyone's, you know, like Iris, for example, thinks that Oliver is Barry, mm-hmm. but he has Barry's powers. And then, you know, the reverse side of things is Barry has all of Oliver's training and like has his like scars and tattoos and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's them trying to figure out how they got swapped. Dude, wait, does Grant try and do the salmon a lot? He does. He, oh my God, of course he does. Like, and that's part of like, <laughs> the thing is, and maybe it's just having spent so much time watching Titans, but it was a reminder of how fun these shows can be because they are actually like pretty fun and funny. And it's, you know, they're both have a bit of a fish out of water thing, but Oliver gets exasperated by his situation, but he's still kind of having a little bit of fun having the powers. Mm-hmm. But Barry just thinks he's the coolest thing ever now because he gets <laughs> to be Green Arrow. Yeah. So they go to the, um, like the Arrow Cave or whatever it's called, and he's doing the salmon ladder and he's super excited. And Oliver's like, dude, fucking focus. We need to figure <laughs> out why we've swapped bodies. Um, but I mean, so it's, it's kind of a fun setup and they realize that maybe the only people who person who might recognize him for who they are is Supergirl because she's on a different earth. So that's how you bring in Supergirl. And so they travel over to her earth and she's there with Clark and Lois on the Kent farm. And then she filmed it at the same farm they filmed in Smallville. Oh, but what really threw me off is, are you going to watch this? Probably not. Uh, I mean, not you're 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 pitching it very positively. It's, it's I, I might of, check it it's out. It's kind of fun. Um, okay, but I'll, I'll just say this one thing, so it's not quite a spoiler, but also so you don't get as disappointed the same way I did too. Which is when they jump over to the Kent farm and we see like the arrow shot of it. They play "Save Me" the like the theme from <gasps> Smallville, and I was like, "Oh my god, oh my are god. we <laughs> are we going to the Smallville universe?" And we get them like, "Oh no, they're not." So it's just it was a weird choice. Somebody say, yeah, I got I, like I kind of want to go back and start watching Smallville again now. Just after hearing set. after hearing the theme song again, I think it's on Hulu or something. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, or I could just box set it. But I was like, I will tell you, you'll stop watching after three episodes. Yeah, I feel like I'm maybe it should just jump in towards the end. Maybe like watch the first few and then watch the end again. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just watch it when they have like the whole Justice League cat yeah. cast in there. Yeah, I feel like the early early stuff. It's you know it's villain of the week, but it's okay. But I got really excited we were going to go there and then they didn't. Um, but no, like I think, you think uh, Tom Welling, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think he could play uh, Papa Kent now? I guess he could. I think it'd be kind of weird. I think he, because he's gotten a lot bigger. Like, not fat, but he's just a big, what? he's he's not, you <laughs> oh, know, what if, what if his, like, 20-something What if body. instead of, instead it was, uh, instead of Supergirl or Tom Welling, it was Brandon Roth oh. was, <laughs> was Superman in there. Oh. And that was the alternate universe. I mean, I would have loved that, too. I love Brandon Roth as Superman. Um, but, you know, this is my first time really watching Tyler Hoechlin as Superman, and he's great. And I've never really watched Supergirl either. And she, Melissa Benoist is just really charming and fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, she grew on me a lot when I watched the first yeah. season. I think the only thing I've seen her in was I watched the, the Flash crossover musical episode. It's like, that sounds like just a fun, weird idea. <laughs> um, but, like, you know, I mean, it's, you know, it's three episodes. So it's a little bit long. Um, and if you're watching the CW app, which I did, you have to just watch the same fucking commercials over and over again. Which oh, is, yeah. Which is kind of, like, because it takes a 43-minute episode and stretches out to an hour with all the commercials. It's kind of a pain. Um, but no, there's, there's definitely some fun stuff in there. Uh, and they do generally a good idea with like the whole crossover Elseworlds thing. I was a little underwhelmed by Batwoman. That's like the main reason I wanted to watch it. So she's, Oh, right. I forgot. So uh, she's mostly in the, not, not Cara Delevingne. Who's the other? Ruby Rose. Ruby Rose. That's the one. Yeah. So she's in like the arrow half of it. She's in the middle section. Mm-hmm. And so they go to Gotham and they kind of address why no one's really brought up Gotham at all in the Arrowverse up till now. And of course, you know, Bruce Wayne's been missing for three years or whatever because they have to explain why he's not there. Um, and it's okay. I feel like they were just really excited to have her in there but didn't know what necessarily to do with her. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's a scene at Arkham Asylum that's, like, kind of fun and it's it feels a little bit Titans-esque, though. Like, they walk down a hallway and it's like, Oswald Cobblepot and Edward Nigma and, like, Basil Carlo. Carlo? Mm-hmm. Carlo? Whatever. Carlo. Yeah. Clayface. Yeah. But, like, you don't actually see any of these people. Sort of thing. Oh yeah, it's, it's just kind of like, hey, let's reckon, like acknowledge all this stuff exists, but we're not really going to go there. Um, I think there's potential there, but I just don't think they really took full advantage of her. And I'm going to be honest, I thought Ruby Rose is a little flat. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I've never, I'm just going to be rude. I've never seen her be a great actress. I love when I, I, I love when I see her because she's yeah. just like so fun. Yeah. But. She's fun in non-serious movies. Like, she's in fucking Triple X. Yeah, or, like, even in John Wick 2, she's silent the whole thing, and she's just kind of like... That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and I'm not saying that she's a bad actor. I think she's good, but it just... I don't know. It it, it just didn't quite gel for me the way that I was hoping. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I, I like Tyler Hoechlin a lot of Superman. There's some good stuff in there. Amazo's in there. Ooh. Yeah, which is pretty good. So, I mean, I think it's... I guess it's worth watching. It's kind of fun. Okay. It's better than Titans. I'm, it's not hard. It's a lot. It's a lot better than Titans. <laughs> I, I really want you, after watching Titans, to go and watch like one more episode of Gotham. And just, I want to know which one you like more. I can't. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to do that. <laughs> I hated Gotham so much when I watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's kind of fun. So go check it out. I will. Yeah. Um, all time good. Go. Yeah. Anything else? We're done. I think that's it. Wrapped it's time, up. It's time to go out for New Year's. 
Yeah. Oh, and by that, I mean, I just got Spider-Man. I'm going to play Spider-Man all night. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't even know what I'm going to do. I don't really give a shit about New Year's. I've never really liked it. Mm-hmm. I hate champagne. Really? I, I hate champagne. Oh, it's just too many bad New Year's. Oh, uh, yeah. They're directly, they're directly tied <laughs> together. My there's, dislike of New Year's, my dislike of champagne. There's a correlation, I see. Yeah. So, um, but for everyone else, happy New Year. Yes. I hope your 2019 is off to a good start. Um, if you want to reach out to us uh, with any suggestions for stuff you've been watching or maybe some cool stuff you got around the holidays you want to talk about, we are at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and a Gmail. I am at Lordifer on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, if you want to see my art, you can find it at Cameron.Dexter. I will be updating it at some point in 2019. Uh, and if you want to see my face, you can find that on CamDexter underscore adventures. Yeah. Yeah, those are the right ones. Yeah. And then, um, oh, I mean, I'm not sure. We're going to be doing it soon. We're going to do our year in review, our 2018 year in review for like, oh, yeah. all the movies you've seen. So, uh, yeah, for those of you who are listening... Send us your list of like favorite movies mm-hmm. that you like this year, and um, we'll see if it overlaps with some of ours. And it doesn't have to be comic book movies either. We we do no, all films. Yeah, we do everything. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So be on the lookout, and we'll talk to you guys later. Yep. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Goodbye.